0: You're listening to Rabbit Trails. Well, episode one, Dad.
1: Episode one of Rabbit, rabbit Trails. Trails.
0: I'm yeah. pretty excited to do this with
1: you. I'm a little bit concerned. Why? Because <laughs> I'm such a focused person. I don't think I could <laughs> rabbit trail, you know. Mm. I never I never go off the topic.
0: It might be really, really, really true to our name <laughs> yeah rabbit
1: trails yeah
0: oh, no, i'm very excited to be yeah. doing
1: this I've been looking mm-hmm. forward to it okay. so yeah i'm really excited about just uh, chatting about some things inviting people in to our conversations
0: yeah. what's on the forefront of everyone's minds right now in south
1: africa mm-hmm. uh, it's green and gold it's green and gold
0: it's baby. green and gold the,
1: the cup came home
0: came home for the fourth time
1: yeah
0: the rugby world cup the spring box won the rugby world
1: cup not without its uh its controversies uh, it has probably generated more memes <laughs> than anything in the last oh, okay. um in yeah. the last year i mean it's just the memes the whole
0: country great. is yeah. a street party right now it yeah. is beautiful to see it's yeah. really lovely um personally yeah. not really a rugby girl <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah well i've never been really big into rugby in fact um <laughs> One of my pastoral friends once accused me of not really being saved <laughs> uh, because I, I didn't watch a rugby game on, on Sunday. But um, every four years when the World Cup comes around, um, I get into the rugby. Yeah. And there was no exception this time, even more so, I think, this time. Yeah. Just because, <clears throat> yeah, it was so exciting.
0: Now, I mean, you can probably speak to why rugby is so, so special to South Africans more than because I think it came from 95, which was... Yeah, I, I was born
1: I remember that ninety five game that explain. final, that final kick when um, we won the game and um, we were the world champions but um, <coughs> there was this you know there was so much tension in the country at the time.
0: I did some research into it apparently we were on the brink of civil war at that point
1: well I mean it felt like it at, at times mm-hmm. and definitely <coughs> the violence in parts of the country was just extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, but in um, case
0: people are missing historical context it was about a year after apartheid ended so we're a very yep. divided divided country at the time
1: it was amazing because i i remember at that time um conversations with certain friends and certain people i knew um <clears throat> in the white community they were terrified they they thought that you know <coughs> black government would mean that, um, you know, whites would be slaughtered in, the, in their beds, etc., etc., and uh, so many people were like, oh, we're leaving, we're leaving, Hey, eh? we're leaving. And then <clears throat> Mandela had been demonized um, in the press and the media for so many decades that so um, that he was like a terrorist to a lot of people. But when he walked onto that field... At the end of the World Cup wearing that number six jersey of our Springbok captain Francois uh, no, was, was it Francois, Francois Piot Francois at the time and um, he walked on like that and that was the moment where I heard some of those same people going from he's a terrorist he's a terrorist to yo oh, he's a great man and <laughs> he's a great man and and it, it was amazing because he recognized the power of sport to build yeah. nations and there, you know there are these iconic moments in history where if you seize them um you can change perceptions and a mindset and i find, well, so, I find that amazing yeah, yeah. I find that, yeah i find it I find so
0: interesting to to kind of look at what he did mandela is one of my greatest heroes at, at, at like i look at people who have headed um revolutions and yeah, I just I've, I've got such respect for for Nelson Mandela and what he did, what he managed to accomplish. I think he's a great, great man. But one of the things that I found so interesting about kind of into the history of that rugby game is he came up with this like crazy dream mm. because he he didn't put himself on one side or the other side because it was so divided. He actually took like a point of contention and he put himself like right in the middle. Mm. He he went and he he stood as Nelson Mandela and he put on a Springbok jersey mm. and. By doing which, he actually—it was a risky dream because either it's going to unify the nation, and they're going to see this um, a freedom fighter wearing a Springbok jersey. Either your freedom fighters are going to get really angry and leave, Mm. or your um, people who had up until that point been the oppressors were going to dip as well. You know.
1: Well, I mean, there was more than that because at the time there was a massive debate over changing the name of the south african rugby team so there was and there was like a lot of people who were really pushing for the renaming of the south african rugby team and you know the, it was actually they were talking about calling them you know like our uh, cricket side the proteas you know but springbok rugby was such it was an icon mm. in the hearts of white south africans at that uh, at that time um, but for black South Africans, the the Springbok emblem was a symbol of oppression and division because they had been told that they could never wear that jersey. They could not represent their country
0: yeah.
1: wearing that jersey. So for, for um, Mandela to put that jersey on mm. was such an act of um, reconciliation and... Such an act of reaching out to the people who had put him in prison,
0: yeah
1: um, literally it was like that the the people who had kept him in prison for twenty eight years he took that jersey mm. and he put it on and like that was an act I believe just of incredible greatness, amazing leadership, outstanding humility but but more than anything, it was an act of vision.
0: Mm where where of what,
1: where, where, yeah, of what uh, he of
0: what he reimagined
1: in, in in Mandela putting on the jersey he recontextualized the green and gold and the springboks forever for everyone and i remember even in that in, in that game um you know the the team was largely white um the the people supporting it the crowds were largely white um and but he dreamed about a day when that would not be the case mm. and this this game he would have loved to have seen it i wish he i, could have I seen think it. i think he would have just th- i think this game he would have seen the fruition of that seed that he his so, crazy dream yeah, of like exactly. hey
0: what if i stick myself cuz i mean you know in a sense he had every right to pick a side Mandela, you know, Absolutely. in a sense, like you know, he had every right to pick a side, but he he chose to dream about unity mm. in a divided country, and he chose a crazy dream. And I just think, like, I think for South Africans, what rugby represents is that dream of yep. unity. And he ha- he went to um, the rugby captain, and he and he said he wanted to unite the co- he understood the the importance of sport to unify a country and they played under the well particularly
1: in this country yes sport is I mean being a pastor Mm. I've often (laughs) joked that the main religious services happen on Saturdays in our country (laughs) it's Um, true and you know, often during the World Cup, people only come to church to pray for the Springboks. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I think <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not it's not wrong. Um, but I think what's interesting is like he he saw this and he united the country with the slogan at that World Cup. It was one country one team or one team one country yeah that's what they played with and um in that moment like you said it was like only a year after um you know the south africa got its freedom um,
1: first democratic elected government yeah. yeah
0: it was only a year into into south africa as she is and um he had this dream for unity. And then because of that, and then when we won, we won together, Mm. you know, like we won as South Africa, as one team, one country. And Mandela was there as they lifted the trophy. And there's a moment where they, where, where he said, um, I think it's actually in the Invictus movie where they say like, listen, we've got a couple minutes left. And then, Ooh, I'm actually getting a little choked up. He said, listen, listen to your country. Listen to them sing. I actually
1: really am getting
0: choked up. Um, and he said, listen, and there was the crowd, like, singing. I might have to
1: edit this out. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I might actually
0: have to edit this out. No, no maybe we'll leave it and we'll let it be authentic. But they were singing Shoshalosa.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, honestly, it was, it was a beautiful moment. And um, it, it's interesting because I see... It's interesting because every president since Mandela has tried to recreate the the Madiba magic, you know. Mm. So um, (laughs) now that we've won (coughs) four times, (laughs) 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 um, but we we've we've seen each president since then walk on to try and recreate that Mm. that Madiba magic, and um, no one with varied
0: um, levels of success. With varied (laughs) levels of
1: success, because I mean, in in all honesty, um, there's no one going to be like. Yeah, there will. I mean, I, you know, you don't one. want to say there will never be another Mediba, but I mean, I, I mean we need another Mediba. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah, I think it showed this thing of, hey, but if we, we have work together, but, we but, can win.
1: But, you know, I do see that there's another leader. Um, I see in Sia Kolisi. Yeah. I see a man who he, might not have the Mediba magic but um you know i don't know maybe he's got the khaleesi magic or i'm
0: telling you well khaleesi he actually said he, one of the things w- that in his sp- kind of little speech that he gave when he when he won he said you know it's such a privilege to put this jer- jersey on he says and also i'm putting it on for all the kids that were previously told they could never wear this jersey yeah, yeah. and i'm putting it on and he's captaining our team you know and just the most remarkable man and he's still carrying that dream so in in '95, the slogan was, you know, one, I'm going to one, one of these orders, one team, one country, one country, mm. one team, and it represented if we can win together, that mm. was it, and that's the kind of I think what we carried in our hearts with rugby mm. is we can win together. And then the slogan of our our current rugby team is stronger together, stronger that, together. But,
1: but the interesting thing is stronger together came out. Um, people started saying it after we won our last World Cup. And it wasn't f- an official slogan, but I think the last World Cup, when we won as a team with Sia Kulisi, um leading Captaining. us, Woo-hoo! because that, that was a big moment as well, mm-hmm. when um, we won mm-hmm. with um, the first ever black South African captain. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing. It was a big moment mm-hmm. that not only could... Um A black South African wear the jersey, mm. but he led the team, yeah, and that was really powerful and then that slogan began to be spoken about at a time when because of many of the challenges, both political and economic in our uh, in our nation um there's there's been a lot of division, and a lot of people have been stressed about stuff um and then there was that a moment where they, be, they won it and they began speaking about uh, about this the mm. better together and and now it's become an official slogan yeah. and philosophy yeah. if you listen to if you listen to Erasmus mm. it's actually they've sat down and talked about this what it means that who they are as a team represents an opportunity to carry the hopes and the dreams of South Africa mm um onto the field and Mm. win for the nation
0: so i think like when you hear your south african friends like going nuts about rugby i'd say there's a there's a large majority of us that actually don't even know the game very well like me i kind of know enough to get by
1: no there's a large majority not a
0: large majority but there's definitely some of of us that watch rugby every four years (laughs) you know there's definitely is but i think if you see your South African friends getting emotional about rugby um, and you see them saying it's not just rugby to us, like this is why. Yeah. It's because it represents hope for the nation. It represents Mandela's dream for us as well. And I yeah. think that what th- I what I really love about, yeah. about uh, World Cup time is that people embrace the this is us yeah. and people are proud of South Africa and they actually for change speaking life yeah. of our country yeah. That's something Love that. where, like we, we need to be if we're gonna see change we need to speak change and if we're gonna it's such a nation-building time because people are going like this is our country I'm so proud of us we're amazing we're stronger together and for the couple of weeks I, I saw it as like it's like there's this veil that's pulled back and everyone takes takes a minute and it's like you get to see who South Africa was made to be God's God's plan for South Africa okay. you see it over the world cup i don't know like somehow some way Um, they, there's this, we are the rainbow nation, we are working together everyone loves everyone because we're embracing each other and saying we're stronger together and we can win if we do this thing together.
1: And you know, I mean this, for me prophetically, there's so many prophetic stories in this world cup run Um, you know, (coughs) at the risk of like uh, fanboying too much with Sia Khaleesi Um, but Sia but Sia Sia if i look at him where he's come from his yeah. personal story yeah. um he has overcome so much mm. to be where he is that he is a he's an inspiration to not just individuals in our nation to say hey look what can happen mm. no matter where you come from no matter how hard your background but also it's an it's a story for us as a nation yeah that listen you know, we are we are a nation that has overcome a great deal, great deal. And to get here, we've uh, we've already come such a long way. Mm-hmm. But then you can even take that story into the World Cup, mm-hmm. where, like, we won our last three matches by one point.
0: Yeah, we had the toughest pool to get through.
1: Yeah, and uh, and, and you know, for all the naysayers out there, you know, saying, you know, we didn't deserve to win this, that, and <laughs> my I would just say. But we did. <laughs> yeah. But we did. Maybe, maybe the lesson in that is like that. Sometimes um, it's not the person who deserves to win who wins, but it's the one who just keeps on plugging at yeah. it, and also uh, the one who 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 is humble yeah. and prays and asks for the grace of God. Yeah. And I've got to admit, for me, when I look at that, we overcame. Yeah, we overcame, and then. So I look at our nation right now, and mm-hmm. I just I believe we can overcome. Yeah. I mean, I, I I love the English match. The English match, in in some some ways for me, it was like we were down mm. until the seventy seventh minute. Yeah. Seventy seven minutes, we were losing
0: mm-hmm.
1: for seventy seven minutes. We were winning for three, yeah. but it was the crucial three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the crucial three. Yeah, it, it was the last three. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, and that's you know that's I think that's a message for hope. Maybe even for some of our listeners right now, you might feel like you've been losing mm. for seventy-seven minutes of mm. your life, but it's the crucial three is coming right now, and this is the time that God's okay. going to turn it around.
0: Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about, um, Dad, was while it was all going on, your men, the whole country was praying. I'll tell you one yeah. thing: if you had any ounce of faith anywhere you were praying. I mean, my social media was full of people praying. We had people, South Africans all over the world, like even six hours before the game, they were on their knees praying. (laughs) I mean, I've seen videos and also not to mention the team themselves, many of which are strong, incredible Christians. They're praying before the matches, their wives, their kids people were praying 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 but there was this buzz in the in the air and i i, I started saying to the lord lord i uh, what are you saying in this because i'm i'm not really a rugby girl and this is going even beyond what i know this means to the country oh. and i asked the lord i said what are you saying because i feel like you're trying to talk to me what are you saying and he started talking to me about building a cathedral
1: yes i remember you you shared this
0: yeah and um it was this thing of he said you know jess um when you build a cathedral you the people that build the cathedral they never see it finished the people that start cathedral built with some people that had a dream they had a goal
1: we're talking about obviously those cathedrals in in the the middle in in europe in the middle ages yes where um some of those cathedrals literally took three generations to complete exactly
0: and so like the person who started it would have a dream that one day their grandchildren would worship in this place yeah and I started thinking about nation building obviously it was on everyone's mind over the last couple weeks and I started thinking about so often we think of like turning the nation around and in the next election cycle like in the next two years the next four years but I started thinking like if we really want to see real change um and lasting change, sustainable change. We have to start thinking about it like we're building a cathedral. That actually, like me, say say for me, that I have to first feel like I'm called to this nation. Yeah, That I'm called here. And then be like, okay, this is a 120-year vision. Yeah, And I'm going to build this place and I will probably never see the fruit or like never be able to see the end product but maybe one day my grandchildren will be able to worship in this place and there's this thing of when you when you're building there and you build like that you actually have to stay for the long dream and you you pour you pour in to the country to your own um almost like cost uh, cost Deficit, yeah. almost your own. Like you actually give something. You serve well, your it's country, sacrifice You sacrifice for a greater benefit later down. Yeah. And I just had this thing of like, how often have I had like one foot in the country and the other on a foreign passport, and being like, the minute this country is not serving me, I'm out. And everything about it is like, well, I need this country to get better so that I can get a better salary, so that my this is, what it looks, this is And it's actually all about how my country is serving me. But actually to flip that round, be like, no, I actually need to, if I'm called to this, because obviously there are people called to other nations and called to different places. But I just feel like there's yeah. a space where we need to pray and ask I, the Lord, is this my cathedral
1: to build? I, I love that. I, I, I had a very interesting discussion uh, last night with my friend, um, with my friend Ed. And um, I was chatting to Edgar the other uh, last night. I was talking about this concept and how you'd shared that. And um, I said, you know, I've often thought, you know, um, uh, of emigrating, or where would I emigrate? And he, he said, where would you go? And I said, well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's just different sets of problems. Mm. We've got our problems, but Europe and the U.S. and um, everywhere else in the world have their their issues and their challenges. Mm. And he said, you know, that's the thing, Nigel. You, sh- you should never move uh, because you're moving... Um, because you think it's going to be better, you should move because it's a sense of calling. Yeah, that you know you are called mm. uh, to a different part of the world, and mm. your f- or your family mm. is called. And I think that's very true, and it's mm. very true. Also, I, mean, I know for me, um, I looking back now, I recognise I have been called. I was called to South Africa. Mm. Um, you know, God used a beautiful woman to keep me in South Africa, <laughs> your mother. Shout you know. out,
0: Mom. <laughs>
1: and, uh, and at that stage, I thought I would definitely go live in the nation of France. And I, I know that I have a destiny that is tied to France, but whether or not I'll live there, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah I kind of then, I, I suppose, I'd also thinking about it for, for, for my life. And I thought, please excuse the motorbike in the background, guys. It's so. wild. Great fun. Yeah, he's really enjoying the podcast. Anyway, but I'd thought about my life and I actually asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, I will go wherever, I will go wherever you want me to go, but I ask you for South Africa. I ask to stay here. Um, and I had this thing of like, well, are we asking for the nations that were planted, and are we asking mm. for them? Are we praying for them? Are we interceding for them? And also, I was thinking about, okay, well, what does it look like then for me if I stay here and I pour my life? into this country you know and like can you get a better salary overseas possibly are there better opportunities possibly but what if I took my skills that I might get less of a salary for in South Africa but I reinvest them into this nation you know and I invested and I'm like I'm here to serve you and I think the thing is is you need to you need to have enough people that are going to dream like Mandela did for unity and his dream using sports was innovative people with with big innovative crazy dreams that are backed by god and then people that'll actually love the cu- your country enough to fight for her
1: yeah you know
0: to fight for her you need people that are actually gonna stick it out yeah, and i think the people that built cathedrals that first generation they dug the foundations like they were in the dirt they were not painting the ceilings you know putting the final touches on they were they were literally in the mud and the rain and the dirt and but they had a vision for a couple of and generations. cutting on. stones. Yeah,
1: yeah. Doing the hard things. I think you know, I, I loved. Uh, we were chatting this morning, and you mentioned three qualities that you think we need to go after. And I think, I think at times like this, those three qualities of, of vision, mm. sacrifice. Mm. And, persevere, and perseverance, you know, mm. and I think those are kingdom values. I think those are mm. kingdom values that that we need to go after. That that we dare to dream yeah. a better future for our country, for our children, and, and you know, our what? grandchildren. Yeah. You know,
0: and I think that actually, so for me, in my kind of phase of life a lot of my friends are like getting married and thinking of starting families, etc. So you, you kind of the conversations are like, Well where do you want to go? What are you gonna do? Like what mm. what what do you want for your family, you know? And I began to think about it and there's a lot of things like, Oh, you know, where do you want your children to grow up? And honestly I want and I, I will go where God sends me. I want my children to grow up in South Africa. Because there's something about I look at I look at places where it's seemingly easier, mm. you know, where, where people have quote-unquote, like, a little, a better life, Mm -hmm. you know? And I look at what people are, like, broken over, crying over, are stumbled by. And I look at these things and I'm like, bruh, we've got bigger fish to fry here. You know what I'm saying? And I actually, I think there's value in taking your children and letting them grow up in a place that needs to be built because then you, you raise visionaries, builders with perseverance and grit, with people that aren't going to stumble over someone saying something, get offended and, and go crying to their government somewhere, It's like, no, okay, well, pick yourself up, put the pick back in your hand, carry on digging. And I want to raise fighters and visionaries that are going to go out and make, and make a the better place. Yeah,
1: you know? yeah, that sounds awesome. And that that's have
0: awesome. a, a beautiful vision like we do to,
1: to do yeah. that. Yeah, well, um, I think that's, that's definitely the takeaway from... Um, this things happening uh, this week in South Africa, yeah. and uh, we got
0: a taste of how privileged they were to live here. Yep, mm. awesome. Well, thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks for joining us. We hope that you episode. will enjoy these a- and listen. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Send us um, feedback. We love mm. to hear your feedback.
0: If you're South uh, African, tell us how you experienced the the last couple of weeks. Even yeah. if you're not South African,
1: and yeah. you can you can find. Um, our podcast on all the different podcast streams but to send us feedback um, why don't you just send us an email on info at noordinarylife.co.za info at, at noordinarylife.co.za no dot dot yes. no dot dot z- uh,
0: see you next time for our next rabbit trail
1: yeah thank you
0: for listening to rabbit trails tune in next week to listen to our next podcast